0: to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Today's message is called You Shall Love the Lord Your God. And it comes from Mark chapter 12. I knew it was somewhere in Mark Russell. He asked me what the scripture was, but I couldn't remember. And so here it is. Jesus replied, This is the most important commandment. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. This is a very well-known scripture, isn't it? Probably sounds familiar to you. You'll find it also, if you're reading through the book of Matthew, this is in chapter 22. The same story is told. And if you read in Luke, in chapter 10, it's the other way round. Jesus actually asks a lawyer, what's the most important commandment of all? And the lawyer replies with this, and Jesus agrees. How do people know this so well? Because it's in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and part of it's in Leviticus chapter 19, And every kid in school would have learned this at school in those days, the Hebrews. Today's message was rather inspired by Kate, who stood up last week and talked about the difference it made reading the Bible, if you understand what heart really meant to the Bible writers. And it's also inspired by some notes that Janet read to me this week from a book called The Word for Today. Who gets that that book? Then you might have read these things yourself. It, It talked about love. And, uh, and so I'm going to read a bit of that. This is what the word for today said about love, what it means to love. In today's culture, the word love means different things to different people. You can love your husband or wife, your country, your dog, your new mobile phone, and your car. But you don't love your husband or wife the same way you love your mobile phone or your car, right? Gee, I hope so. The television and tabloid kind of love Where you fall in and out of love at the drop of a hat isn't real love. It's selfishness and immaturity. What a contrast from Gloria and Luca as they plan for their marriage. Mature, thoughtful, they know they're going into something big, so they think carefully about it. They take wise advice. I honor them even though they're not here. The Bible word agape for God's love is an unconditional commitment to love that's rooted in an unchanging decision. It always gives and doesn't change whether the love is returned or not. It's a decision of your heart to seek the other person's highest good, no matter how they may respond. When the King James Bible translators came upon the Greek word agape, in addition to using the English word love to translate it, they often chose the word charity. This was meant to reinforce the idea that love is a selfless, unconditional, giving love. And as such, it directs kindness, respect, and loyalty towards the loved one. God is love, and all who, live love, all who love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. It was, it's written in 1 John. What causes us to stand out from the world isn't our words, but our love for one another. When we can overcome our differences... When we can cross lines of denomination, race, and culture, and truly love one another, the world is drawn to Jesus and pays attention to what we say. Thank you, Lil, for your words of encouragement this morning. Uh, it's, sometimes we need people to tell us that, don't we? We're on, we have a, a lovely thing going here, and sometimes we need to be reminded. So the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And this is what Kate told us about heart last week. In biblical language, the center of the human spirit, this is the heart, the center of the human spirit from which spring emotions, thoughts, motivations, courage, and action. In Proverbs chapter 4, it says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. So think about what's written on the, on the, the, uh, the back screen there, and imagine that it says this, Love the Lord your God with all your spirit, with all your emotions, with all your thoughts, with all your motivations, with all your courage, and with all your actions? That's a pretty big ask, isn't it? We're only just getting started. Let's love the Lord our God with all our heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. What is the soul? If you pull up a modern dictionary, it will say this. The soul is the immaterial, spiritual, immortal part of a person. But the Bible writers didn't understand it like that. They understood something quite different. If you read the Old Testament, the Hebrew word nephesh is used, and it means a living being. And in the New Testament, the word psych is used, and it has the same meaning. Let's have a look at a very early passage in the Bible. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Adam didn't have a soul. Oh, other translations might say living being, a living creature, or a living person. Adam didn't have a soul. He was a soul, and so are you. Nefesh or psych is also translated in the Bible as life, spirit, mind, heart, and self. So this modern idea of the immaterial, spiritual, immortal part of a person, it doesn't come from the Bible, it comes from Greek philosophy, after Jesus' time. So what does it mean to love the Lord your God with all your soul? A few weeks ago, the Henderson kids came up and performed the Hokey Pokey. Do you remember it? Were you here? I actually thought of calling my message today, you put your whole self in. Because that's what it means to love the Lord your God with all your soul. All your soul is you. It's yourself. It's the living being. You put your whole self in. That's what it's all about. Could you love the Lord your God with your whole self? Because that's really what your soul is. Let's, lo- let's love the Lord our God with, our whole, with all our soul. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now, you, you'll be saying, oh, yes, the mind is part of your heart and soul, and you'd be right. My background as I grew up was, was like this. I got told off. You think too much, Jeremy. You, you think too much. Don't think so much. Just accept things. Just go with the flow. You know, if you turn your mind off, God can talk to you, and good things can happen. Well, that's, that's what I was told, you see. And uh, I get it. I understand it. All right, Mum, I get what you're talking about. But different people are different, aren't they? I had a talk with Trevor Yaxley. Have you ever met him? Do you know him? I said to Trevor Yaxley one day, I said, what is it about you? You just seem to know things. You can look at a situation and you just know exactly what God's saying. Trevor said to me this. He said, Well, the reason for that is that I'm pretty slow in my thinking. And he says, When something comes up that I need to know, before I figure it out, God just tells me the answer. For instance, He's telling me that you are lonely. And I said, No, I'm not really lonely, Trevor. I've got lots of friends. He says, No, you're not lonely, but you're alone. And it was like a depth charge just went off, boom, in the depths of my soul. He nailed it. He saw right into me. I was impressed with that. So I tried to be a Trevor Yaxley. Tried not to think, just so God could tell me stuff. But remember I told you everybody's different? I'm not like Trevor Yaxley. I love that man. I think he's a giant, a spiritual giant. He's helped me. He's helped lots and lots of people. And he's made a huge difference in our nation. But it's probably a good job I didn't go to his Bible school because it might have been frustrating for him and me, maybe. You see, there's nothing wrong with using your mind. There's nothing wrong with being myself. And there's nothing wrong with you being yourself. Some of you are thinkers as well. Some people mainly experience the world by feeling, don't they? How do you feel the meeting went today? Or I feel God's telling me to. You've heard that, haven't you? Lots of times here. And it's good. And there's nothing wrong with it. But other people, you won't often hear me think that. You won't often hear me say that. But people don't tend to say, how do you feel it went? They tend to say to me, how did you think it went? Because I'm a thinker, you see. I think more than feeling. Now people are different. There's nothing wrong with being a thinker. In fact, uh, the Bible says if, if everybody was an eye, how do we hear? And I'm going to say, if everybody was a thinker, how could we feel? So we need each other. Feelers, you need some thinkers. Thinkers, we need some feelers. There's nothing wrong with having a mind. In Romans chapter 12, it says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And that's a pretty big claim, isn't it? Transformation. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, we have the mind of Christ. Now that's a pretty big deal too, isn't it? Some people say I could never be a Christian because you have to park your mind at the door and come on in and not think. And they haven't made that up because they are my dear friends that the Jehovah's Witnesses believe that. I have an article, it's a written article in a magazine, it's called The Sin of Independent Thinking and it tells Jehovah's Witnesses why they mustn't think for themselves, but they must receive what they're told and accept it without actually thinking. This sort of thinking was echoed by our government a couple of years ago when they had a thing in Wellington which became known as the pulpit of truth. And when government official, our beloved Jacinda, would stand up and say, if you didn't hear it from here, it's not true. Don't listen to anyone else. If you want to know the truth, listen to us, the government. And we know that not everything they told us was true. But we only know it because our mind didn't switch off. But in our church, thinking is allowed. In fact, the Baptist magazine used to have a regular column called Thinking Aloud. That's A-L-L-O-W-E-D for all you pedantics. And, uh, and I've often, well, on occasions I've spoken to young people at this church who are entering their teens or perhaps going to university and I've sat down I've said, I've made an appointment and said as you go on your way, as you go to school, university I believe that you will not find anything that disproves the Christian gospel I believe the gospel of Christ stacks up intellectually with the mind I believe you've got nothing to be ashamed about as you go out into the world I've said that to several people, and when I think about it, they were probably thinkers. They were young thinkers. Will you love the Lord your God with all your mind? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. Growing up, I was told you can't do anything in your own strength, and I get that, all right? As Christians, we're tasked with transforming the world and changing our society, and that's hard work. And the things we bring to it aren't that flash. As Lewis said, our love is pretty imperfect. But nonetheless, God strengthens us. And that's what people meant when they said you can't do it in your own strength. They meant you have to gain strength from God to help us with the task. And they were right. But it was told so much, you can't do it in your own strength, that by the end of it, I was almost being told that we don't have any strength at all. And that's not biblical. Because Jesus says we must love God with all our strength. There is a balance. Our own, our own strength exists, and we're told to use it. Now, Jason Henderson is a son to Janet and me and Murray and Jenny, and he has a business called Strength Finder, and it works like this. You see, if you can find out what your strengths are, then you can start to do the things that use them And the results will be that your life is effective and satisfying. Individuals pay Jason to find out what their strengths are. And corporates, businesses, they pay him to work with their staff. Because once he's been through and they've identified the strengths of their staff, they can put the right people in the right jobs. They'll be done well, but maybe just as important, the person will have job satisfaction. In many businesses, the people who are doing things, it just sort of happened without much thought. And what Jason sees is transformation in businesses. As people put the right person in the right job, they gain satisfaction and they do it well. I know that the Bible says we must serve the Lord our God with all our strength, but today I'm using the word strengths with an S on it because you do have strengths different strengths I could ask you what are your strengths and you might say I have I don't have any I heard a story some years ago of a camp where they were running a kids camp and and the boss of the camp said look we really need someone to play the piano for our music can anyone play the piano no nobody could play the piano so they kind of struggled on without or somebody tried and she wasn't much good but on the last day of the camp there was a young man sitting there one of the leaders. And he's playing the piano and entertaining everyone, and they all thought he was very clever. And they went up to him and said, we, we asked, we pleaded, is there anyone in this camp who can play the piano? And you didn't say you could. And the young man said, oh, I didn't want to push myself. See, that's, that's not humility. That's pride. Because that young man, he robbed God, he robbed his friends, and he robbed himself of what could have been a satisfying and growing experience. So you have strengths. You have gifts. But whatever your gifts or talents are, you can work on them. Most people here know something we call the parable of the talents, which just says if you've got something, you work on it and you make it grow. If you've got an ability, you nurture that. You get help, you get training, and so on. I'm going to run through a few strengths that people might have. And as I slowly say them, think about how someone with this strength could use all of this strength to love and serve God. Here we go. Cooking, running a household on not much money, fixing machinery, welcoming new people, explaining things simply, cleaning, singing, relating to teenagers, children, or old people, advocating, which means speaking up for people who have trouble speaking up for themselves. Organising events, bags not. Organising logistics, getting people and things to the right place at the right time. Driving, speaking to a crowd without getting nervous. Working hard physically all day. Building, programming computers. Research, discerning spirits. Starting new things. Painting. You see, I was going to major on this in my sermon. How could we use those gifts that God has given us to love him with all of our strengths? But I don't need to, because as I spoke, it became evident, didn't it? You got it. I don't need to talk a lot about that. People say, oh, I'm just a cleaner. I'm just a housewife. I'm just a plumber. I'm just an asthmatic. Or they talk about other people like this, and they say, oh, he's just a kid. He's just a truck driver. He's just a pain in the bum. But you know what? I was talking to Kate this week, and I said I'm thinking of making a new rule, and that is that we never say just about anyone, including ourselves. Because you know what? Somebody might be a cleaner, but they're not just a cleaner. If they've given that gift to God, they're a child of God in a privileged place doing a very important job to keep us healthy and mixing with people and hearing stories and being able to help in all sorts of ways. I'm just a housewife. What a wonderful calling. No, you're not. You're you're God's ambassador in all sorts of places, especially school, I suppose. I'm just a plumber? No. You're doing an essential service, keeping people safe and meeting all kinds of people. And then when people put others down too, he's just a kid. I've heard such profound things from children. I've seen children who change the society they live in. He's just a truck driver. No, he's not. He's doing a very, very important job piloting 40 tonnes of heavy metal past your car without hitting it and bringing us the things we need because, frankly, people, without trucks, we would starve the way our world is now set up. And he's just a pain in the bum? No, he's not. He's a person with needs. He can be annoying, but there's a lot more to him than that. If you say he's just a pain in the bum, you need to do your homework and get to know him a bit better. Let's have a look at someone who I would never really thought much about Until this week, Sue Powell talked to me a bit about him. Do you know who this man is? His name is Nicholas Winton, and he's actually Sir Nicholas Winton. Why was this man knighted by the Queen? Why did this man receive the highest honour from the Czech Republic, the Order of the White Lion? Why was this ordinary-looking bloke nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize? Because you know what? He's just an office worker. He's just an office worker. He made lists, he made phone calls, he found sponsors and helpers, he researched laws, he's just a pen pusher, he's just an office worker, and by doing that, he saved the lives of 669 children from Czechoslovakia as Hitler invaded just before World War II, and most of those children were Jewish. You see, he's not just an office worker, he's a hero. And if you're just a whatever, God has a plan for you. We talk about New Year's resolutions, and it is New Year. No one's perfect. Lua was talking about this. No one's perfect. We have faults and failings. We're all on a journey. But as I spoke today about loving God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strengths, did anyone sense a challenge? Is this a year to try a bit harder? Could we love God better? The Bible says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com